Hello everyone, this is Noah. And I'm Simon. And welcome to the Resolve Podcast. We're your resource for all things mental health, academic success, and personal growth. Devoted to helping students thrive and build the resilience to succeed in school and in life. Donovan Taylor Hall, thank you so much for coming to speak to us today and to our students and the Resolve family on the Resolve podcast. Thanks for having me here. I am super honored. Just tell us about your name, Donovan Taylor Hall. Any any cool story about your name? Uh, my dad wanted to name me Tajma, so my name would be Tajma Hall. Um, but thankfully, my mom wanted to have a good relationship with me, so she decided to push against it. Um, and she, they found the name in a book. My brother has the same middle name as me, and I didn't know that that wasn't a common practice. I thought all siblings had the same middle names. And so he goes by his first and last name, and I think it just sounds good to use the full thing. So I use the full thing, even though it's a little obnoxious. No, it's great. It's great. You know, in, in Jewish tradition, the name like speaks to a per- like a name is basically, you know, speaks to a person's identities in, in, a, in a deep way. So if you're named after a character in the Torah, the Bible, um, you study that person, you can learn about yourself a little bit. But names are, are a very, very powerful, meaningful uh, tool. I just like to ask people a little bit about their names. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, it means a strong warrior. That's where they got it from a book. I don't know in what like what origin that comes from, but that's what they said is it means strong warrior. And I would say like soft warrior, but definitely. Okay, you're, you're a soft warrior, but you're yes. a, a warrior nonetheless. I actually want to start this interview by just asking you the, the the headline of your today's show meeting is this teacher wants to be the 21st century Mr. Rogers. How did you go from your life, which was pretty private to becoming a public figure and what has that experience been like and how has it impacted you your your sense of self identity ego anything like that talk to me that's a huge question i could do like a whole book on that honestly i uh it it really came from what i didn't have as a young person um i kind of took the traditional path of i had good grades I had friends, I was in clubs, I had good relationships with people in my life, but I suffered a lot from grief. I had major deaths happen in my life. And when I got into high school, uh, because I didn't get the support that I needed around that, and I fell into this role of like making people feel better um, and trying to like do the right things to feel better. When that wasn't working, I fell deeply into like substance abuse. And um, I was able to kind of hold both of those things where it's like I got good grades and all those things. And on the other hand, I was really struggling with like all sorts of substances and abuse. And by the time I got to college, I was still suffering from I, I thought one of my best friends died my senior year of high school. And but up two months before I went to college, I had to speak at his funeral. And so I was still not tending to my mental health and I was still deeply into the substance abuse. And I had a really, really awful relationship with myself. Like I hated myself. And even though I had friends and people loved me in my life, I, there was such a disconnect, but I kept telling myself if I do the right things, like if I do what they say I'm supposed to do, then maybe I'll like myself. And it got to the point where I became um, suicidal when I was in college and what ended up happening was my friend 
who I had no idea was suffering, took his life a couple of days before the day I planned. And so after that, I was like, I can't do this. I can't take my life. I also can't live like this anymore. So I started investing a lot in trying to learn tools to take care of myself and to, to rebuild my relationship with myself. And at the same time, I was working with kids kind of on accident. People just put me in this position to work with kids and I liked it. And I realized like, yo, some of this stuff would have been so helpful to know as a young person. Like no one had ever talked to me about these things, um, especially being black and queer and like a predominantly white area. It was, it was very difficult to have access to that stuff. So I started thinking about like, well, how do I, why don't I teach this stuff to kids? And I love working with kids. I love being a personality with them. I also love lifting them up and empowering them. I went to school for journalism and theater. So I was like, I, in the back of my head, it would be amazing to be like a speaker for kids. But I didn't pursue that directly because it took me years to really build a good relationship with myself. So around the same time, um, around when the pandemic hit, uh, I started teaching online. I was already teaching this curriculum I had developed. Uh, around like how to take care of yourself, skills to empower and to take care of yourself for kids. And I decided I was going to like try to do a YouTube channel and I was going to, you know, like try and make it as a 30 year old. Like I had no idea what I was going to do, but my kids made me make a TikTok and they were like, oh, like just do all your funny videos on TikTok. So if you go back and you look, the first like five videos are just like dumb videos of me. But then I realized I've always thought like I, if I could show people what these conversations with kids looked like, if people could see me talking to kids, they could see the importance of these types of conversations, the importance of this type of support that kids were like really leaning deeply into. The reason that they were staying connected with me, with me through years was because of this active support that I was offering them and how that was promoting their mental health. Then my TikTok, I started recording my videos, got the school's permission, let the kids know, like created a whole system where it's like, there's no, it, there's no like lack of safety. Kids could say, no, I don't want to be in this or yes, please share this parents knew and everything. And then suddenly people got to see the interactions. And then I followed through with my plan to leave teaching, which was always my plan. And then a month before, like but I want to just before, slow that down. That, oh, yeah, that experience, though, that's okay. That experience of being the teacher of being the teacher and being filmed in, in, in such an intimate setting that most people don't ever see. Um, yes. What was so, you know, there's the heartwarming you're described in the most heartwarming of ways. Like I'm looking at one of these comments here. Um, this is on a today show, but I guess it applies to the video too, which is just so sweet is an incredible, inspirational, kind, funny, supportive, giving, empathetic, amazing human. What were you doing? This is Susie Gruda sent this. But what were you doing? You were apparently. What were you doing to make uh, kids feel this way? What, what's your approach to becoming so close? I don't want to sound like condescending when I say this because for me, I recognize that people view things differently, and people's experiences really define kind of how they view that stuff. But for me, I, I read a book. I'm actually, I was about to make a post about this today because I just posted a video on TikTok a couple of days ago that went viral and it's like, like 500,000 views and I'm getting a lot of those comments too. So the first thing is like, I read a book randomly when I was like 24 and it was all these famous people in different sectors, like in every sector you could think of. And I kept reading people being like, I had this one coach who like one time told me they believed in me. 
and I, I kept seeing it and it was like this one teacher like told me that they I could go far and I was so like blown away by the fact that like one person told these kids that and look what these kids did and so I started thinking about how important it is to do it and so I just made that my mission I was like I'm just gonna like lift kids up any chance I can but I wanted to give them really specific positive uplifting feedback and not directed to like oh you have good grades but really more about their character and their humanity and how they choose to show up or their growth and then the other stuff is just like kids bring the best out in me like they like to laugh I think in teaching a lot of times like they feel like they're not allowed to have fun and I'm super silly like I'm not really fit for the classroom because all I want to do is like joke around and laugh and people don't maybe you are fit for the classroom well uh, tell that to the people I taught with, because I was often like put down by other teachers because of that. Um, and the other thing too, is like, we live in a, it feels like to me that we live in a very individualistic society where it's like this person, this person, but what I'm doing is not new. Like what I'm doing, this work has been done by so many teachers and youth development specialists and like, um, you know, youth empowerment groups, like people have been doing this work with kids for so long but we just haven't seen it. And so when I read these comments as a, as a way to not inflate my ego or also not feel the pressure, because people have said some pretty intense things to me about this is what you're born to do and you have to save the world. And I'm like, bro, I'm literally just being nice to kids, but like, okay, you know? Okay. Uh, and, and maybe you can take that in stride, but maybe people are looking at your story and in some way developing a sense of conviction for you like they see you and they feel compelled just like you felt compelled to be that person to change someone's life maybe people feel that this need to just tell you how how much aligned your work is with who you are and your personality i mean it is a lot yeah, of pressure yeah, I mean, but but it's beautiful that people say it's, that it's how many people wonderful. get that yeah it's wonderful and to tell you the truth with like how emotional and how like vulnerable i am in my media like my social media i'm consistently shocked that I haven't gotten trolls or I haven't gotten a lot of hate because there's so much of that online, but the communities and the people who've been lifting up the work have been so supportive. And so I try as a way to understand that this is deeply connected to my vision and that people are in a lot of ways validating not only my work, but just my experience as a person that this work is doable with anyone and it could look, it looks different, but caring for kids and being kind for kids and creating safe space is, is accessible. And, and lots of people can do that. And lots of people have been doing that. Um, so I think that that's what I really wanted to show was like, look, this is what some conversations with kids could look like. Like you want to see, cause we just often don't get to see these conversations, but they happen all the time, you know? So, so, what happened? You left teaching and then you became, oh, yeah, yeah. what happened? I left, <laughs> I left teaching. I got to do some really, really exciting things. Um, besides the Today Show, I got to connect with some really like cool people in the entertainment industry, um, some pretty big names and some very influential pe people in terms of like activism. And I told them like I wanted to make a TV show and that's what I like have been trying to do for the past couple of years, but it's been hard because navigating that space is very different from education and making sure that the work stays true and that it remains deeply about the kids and not like trying to make me into a celebrity or trying to, you know what I mean? Just really trying to figure out who I am, what do I want to offer? What do I want to create and who can I work with that aligns with these things? 
it's been a process, but um, yeah, it's been almost two years now since I left and I'm like actively developing a show right now uh, that I feel really great about and I feel really excited about for kids um, and for people what, what to see it? kids. What do you do? What is it? How do you, what is the show? I can't, you can't, I can't say it. <laughs> I can't tell you. I will tell you that it's an educational entertainment docuseries. Well, I think that's the, 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 the best way to do it. I mean, um, narrative and, and guidance, uh, there are two ways of learning. In, in, in ancient Jewish text, uh, we have this idea of laws or, or teachings, and they're always interspersed with stories. And the two of them go hand in hand. You want to sometimes learn explicit tools and skills, but you kind of want to see if you can subliminally, not in a manipulative way, but a subliminally yeah. put them into everyday life through storytelling. Is that what you're trying to figure out what to do? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I mean, that as a journalist and theater person, and also like, I didn't mention this. I actually haven't told a lot of people this on podcasts, but before I started doing social media stuff, I was doing storytelling competitions and I won a couple of like international ones because I've always been a storyteller. And so that's kind of, what I want to do with this work, which is like, I want to bring up these lessons in a way that I can tell through stories and then telling the stories of the young people is really important to me and, and giving, giving platforms and opportunities for young people to share their stories is really important. Can you tell us one of the most meaningful stories that you had about the impact that you may have had on one of your students or somebody? Does a story stand out for you that really speaks to your conviction about why you care so much about this? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's one of my favorite ones. I had a student who, <laughs> I had a student who was really helpful. And like when you're in middle school, I think a lot of people are tough on middle schoolers because their personalities are a lot and it's very extreme. Um, and sometimes it's a little bit hard as adults to remember what it felt like to be that age. And also we don't know what it feels like to see and hear that so much through social media. And like, they're getting that backlash in ways that we didn't have to when we were younger, right? It was just the parents and the adults in our lives. But now society, like if you ask people about middle school, you get the same reactions. And he, um, he was really quiet. He had friends, but he didn't have like a lot. Of, he didn't have any close friends. Um, and he would always offer to help. Like that was his thing. Like I would open the door before the class would start and he would be right there. And he's like, can I help you with anything? And someone, one of the other teachers like complained about it. And it was like, well, he's just doing that because he's trying to connect with us because he doesn't have friends and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking like, I don't think that's it because like he plays basketball with the kids all the time. Like it's not like, he's an out like outcast with these kids like no one has why does that have to be them. the only interpretation why does that have to be the that's, only interpretation that's what kind of bothered me so i started like paying attention and being like okay because it's a connection it, it felt like a connection seeking behavior but then i just realized like this i feel like this is the kind of role he feels like he plays like where he wants to be helpful and there's like all these things about him so i don't know why he's doing it but i did know that instead of judging him for it I wanted to like thank him for it. And so I wrote him a gratitude letter because that was a part of our like core values as a community. And I taught gratitude for a unit. So I wrote him a letter and he told me, because um, I saw it like in his binder, he had like taped it on the inside of his binder. And he told me when I brought it up, he said that it was the first time that he'd been thanked by an adult. And I was like, oh, 
okay and I had to like pull myself back because I was like that's wild to me you know but gratitude is a huge core value of mine so I forget that that's not everybody's core values and a lot of people don't feel like they should thank kids or you know apologize to them and stuff and um I was just shocked by it so the last year I taught him when his birthday was coming up he told me that his family didn't celebrate his birthday like in in their culture they don't celebrate the birthdays and I said oh that's cool like you know I would you want to and he was like no I don't really care like it's just how I grew up and so I said well can I like do something for you here is that okay like can I just like gift something? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. So I just recorded a video of being like, here's why I'm grateful for you. Cause I wanted him to have access to that. And so then I asked his seventh grade and eighth grade teachers to record a little message too. And cause I wanted to give them a chance to reflect on how helpful this young man had been in our community. And they all like, besides a couple, um, sent him a little message. And so I compiled it into like a YouTube video and shared a private link with him. And the reason why it was so impactful for me was because after a week it had been watched like 42 times. And I was like, so this kid was just sitting there watching these videos of people being like, I value and appreciate you. Someone who is like so quiet, someone who was like, don't be seen, like just do and don't like, you don't need to receive anything, but someone just taking that in. And it's just one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite stories because it was like, look at what this young person needed was to just have someone say, I appreciate you for what you do. He is not asking for it. He just received it. And it's, it's like one of my favorite experiences with the young person. Wow. It's, uh, it's two, two things come up. One is just how, how small, I mean, I want to just say the effort's not small. I mean, being a teacher, you chose to go way above and beyond what a teacher needs to do uh, to internalize and understand what, what do I think this individual kid needs in this moment in life. And you you did that and you took it was such an intentionally beautiful thing to do. But also it it was as simple as just saying thank you. Yeah, I was like, that's like the least I can do for you, you know. That's not to take away from the effort you 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 put in to do something as thoughtful as that to reach out to yeah. the eighth grade teacher, the seventh grade teacher. But it just tells you that this isn't this big flashy. I'm not gonna. Buy, I'm not buying you the new uh, scooter, whatever. I don't know whatever people are getting. I'm not. I'm, why did I say scooter? I don't even know what people even scooter. <laughs> I just, wasn't gonna question it. I was like, I don't yeah, know what y'all do in Canada. I don't know why. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> the, the newest hockey stick or something like that. Um, no, but it's it's it's. It's powerful. And it leads me to just ask you what you believe the role of a teacher is. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I struggle with this question a lot. A lot of people are like, you should be back in the classroom and you need to be a teacher. I didn't ever want to be a teacher, but I love teaching. I just hate education. Um, what does education, that mean? I feel like the education system in America, especially, is set up in a way that doesn't help kids thrive at all. And it pushes them towards um, very basic survival outcomes. And it doesn't allow for expansion and for growth. And it's much more about like safety and value. And um, I don't know, I just struggle with even like the systems of 
how we are supposed to build relationships. Like in the places that I had been and the experiences I'd had, I was often an outlier in my schools for the relationship building until the last school I was at. That last school was so big on those things, which is why I was able to teach my curriculum there because it was a community effort. Uh, but also like the stuff I want to teach kids, like it wasn't credential. It wasn't like a, something I could go to school for. Like that wasn't a position. When I was in college, education wasn't talking about social emotional learning on a massive scale. I'm sure people were doing the research and thinking about it then, but no one, that wasn't an option. So I did positive youth development programs instead. And those are much more like asset building and, um, it, it focuses more on the human versus like their their outcomes of their learning. And it's much more about growth and it's much more about character and it's much more about community. And so I learned a lot of how to work with kids through those experiences, after school programs, YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, summer camps, like that's where kids really got a chance to learn and grow without the fear of education, without the fear of grades without the, the pressure that comes with basic education. You know what I mean? Do you think it's possible to merge that? Meaning today, yeah. why, why do those have to be so separate? Um, we were I talking- I that... No, you, know, you go, you go. No, I mean, I, I. this is a common thing too. And this is something that I stand by and a lot of people don't like this answer. I had a teacher who like got in my face about this one time because she was like, your path is selfish. You need to be thinking about the bigger picture. I've worked really hard to create a vision for my life that incorporates my values and my strengths and my passions, right? And I've created a unique position. I didn't fall into this. I've been working on this for years. I've been working on this for 12 years, been putting in effort, been researching, been creating, figuring out, building relationships, learning how to communicate with kids, sharing my ideas with people for a long time. And I've created this unique position for myself and I'm going to follow it. But I do think that the advocacy for positive youth development and education, that's something I wasn't expecting to kind of be sharing about. But it's like a lot of people will put that, well, you should. I read comments all the time. It's like, you shouldn't leave the classroom. These kids need you. And it's like, that's not your place to tell me that. I know where I'm going. I know my path. I've worked hard to get here. I'm going to live the life and do the work that I want to do because I know it will have an impact. But the other thing is, if I switch things up, if I go to school, for these different things, like it takes me off of my path. And it also, it's not what I want to do. And that's a tough part. So I feel like one of the things when you were asking me about my, my identity earlier is that I hear that all the time where it's, well, maybe you can go to school for art and you can weave these things in. And it's like, I have a limited amount of time on this planet. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Right. And I'm going to do it in a different way that no one else has done this before, because I, I want to be a name that kids know so when they're struggling no matter where they're at they can come watch the content they can come be a part of the community they can come spend time they can come choose to learn these lessons and that's a different battle than trying to fix the education system which so many people are actively working to do and i'm aligning myself with them but i'm not jumping in that boat because i got a path that i want to take absolutely when I think about <laughs> what I think more about is just that teachers perhaps can get some training uh, in a style that can that can uh, you know as a as a tool that they have amongst their toolkit as being a teacher, maybe mm. it could be to develop some of these alternative ways of relating to students that just makes them 
better at what they do, makes them more able to connect and reach the students and actually be a better teacher. That's more than what I think about you. Clearly, you found a secret sauce that works, that as a teacher worked well, and now you're taking it somewhere else. I just hope that teachers are able to learn that if, if it's not going to be on a systemic level that we've that you've alluded to here maybe maybe individual teachers can see you as well and be really inspired to relate to their students in, the, in a similar way in their own style that you are yeah, I mean a lot of people that that was probably the most shocking feedback I got because I think I've always felt like an outlier in my own body for most of my life and so personally and professionally I've always been like I don't fit in with this group or this group and so when I started posting on TikTok, there were so many teachers who were like, I do stuff like this. Like, I never see other teachers do this. Or people be like, I learn from you or I communicate. Like, this is how I try to do. I think when it comes to like being silly and, and doing the storytelling and stuff like that, that's a lot of just my personality and like my kind of individual strengths. But I do development work with teachers and schools and youth organizations now to kind of also talk about the fundamental skills of care and communication and safety and learning um, to kind of offer space for that stuff. But it's, as I told you in the beginning, what's tough about this stuff is there's so many ways that I could go. And if I keep splitting myself into, because right now I'm coaching like individual kids one-on-one, -on -one, I'm doing public speaking events, I'm doing professional development for youth organizations, I'm doing my TV show, I'm trying to stream on Twitch. That's like the one thing I really want to do, but I'm not getting any money from it. So I have to push it to the back. And then I'm also doing social media. And so I, for me, because I'm a big idea person, I have to like narrow it down more to make it sustainable for me. Because if not, it's like, I will be all over the place, you know? Absolutely. Uh, your your message to students is to, amongst many things, is really to help them find a positive sense of identity outside of their grades, outside of how they're even liked by their teacher. I've had some really, uh, I struggle sometimes with some students that come to me that just don't feel like their teacher likes them. That's a really hard experience to have. That's really painful. A teacher has a very sacred role. Um, they have, they're, they're part of the development and the nurturing of the, of the students. So you, your message is really a positive message. I want to ask you a little bit about what are some of the positive messages that you do share with students? I think one of the most important things that I try to share with kids and over the past couple of years, it's really defined is something that I wish desperately that I would have known earlier because as an adult who still struggles, like I just got out of a really bad depression period for like two months. I almost quit everything. Um, thankfully I had so resources and support. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Cause it would have been a lot of work um, for nothing, but not, nah, not for nothing. Uh, I think for me, we're often talking about how do you treat other people? Like that's a huge thing we talk about with kids, which is like treat other people with kindness. But something that we don't talk enough to kids about is how do you treat yourself? How do you treat yourself as a person? And as you're growing and making mistakes and learning and figuring things out about yourself, a lot of kids become like a bully to themselves. And that's where, especially with middle schoolers, they start to incorporate negative self-talk they start to really, really hide behind what makes them feel safe, whether that is their grades, whether that is a group of friends, like it's really about seeking external safety. And I'm really interested in 
helping kids view themselves like an, an actual friend, like this person, how would you treat this person if you were trying to become friends with this person, right? Now you have to do that for yourself. And then what are the tools that you can actually incorporate to build those relationships with yourself? Uh, because that's the one relationship that's the only guaranteed thing that we have in this life is your relationship with yourself. No matter where you go, the people you the people you love, the opportunities you have, everything. At the end you're of always the day, with yourself. Always, you're always with you. You know what I mean? Like so, and we put no focus into that. And that's why as a young person doing all this good stuff or having friends, getting good grades and being like, I hate you every day. It led to these huge mental health issues for me is because I wasn't doing the internal work that I needed. I was treating myself like I didn't have actual bullies. And as like, like I said, as a black queer person, that's huge to not have bullies. Like I was like liked, which was very rare for, I mean, it was like, a, it's a huge blessing that people were like, yeah, we're down with this. That's cool. But on the inside, I would go home and it was just like, I hate you. Like I hate you. And a lot of that came from unmet needs from the trauma that I suffered as a kid. So I even, even when I started to learn the work, I was blaming myself. It was like, why are you such a, a jerk to yourself why are you so mean you need to be better and it's like bro you lost your dad when you were six and then you had four major deaths in high school and you were like you know on every kind of substance possible and had no support like no wonder you were struggling right like so I just think that that's the most important thing I want kids to take away is like because it, it also impacts everything else in your life how you treat yourself impacts how you show up in the world how you treat other people what you believe is possible for you like everything is connected to how you treat and view yourself you know and i think that something also really powerful comes from that if people are able to so it's almost like you want to change their default self-relationship to just generally really positive regard now i think that a lot of people kind of push back against this idea and say that, you know, kids are becoming much more complacent. It's all about just self-love and self-care and self-respect. And I can't do anything wrong. And I'm perfect the way that I am. And I, I want to share the, the, the alternative to that, that I try to integrate in my practice, which is basically you have this root of trust and safety. This person, I care for you. I'm with you. I'm, I am leaning so much towards empathy and compassion. But, and what, what that does allow for is something equally as important, which is somebody who cares about you pointing out areas that you're missing the mark, areas that you're making mistakes, areas that you're not the best that you can be. It doesn't mean yes. that you're not safe, supported, but when you are able to have a safe relationship with somebody and then mm -hmm. they say, you're not looking at these areas right now, let me point that out for you. It's a form of love. And I'll share with yes. you, I've learned this in many different places. One of my rabbis, David Foreman, fascinating rabbi, talks about the, the command, the injunction to love your neighbor, which most people know across all traditions. The mm -hmm. context of that, when you look at the Hebrew, the context of that is that there's this idea before it gets to love, it talks about that when you're upset, you're not allowed to hate in your heart. Rather, mm -hmm. you should provide feedback. You should rebuke. You should tell other people what's bothering you. You should be truthful and honest in your relationships. And through that process, you don't bear a grudge and you don't take revenge. Mm -hmm. And then that whole section ends with love your neighbor as yourself. So mm -hmm. love is a combination of this unconditional support. I'm here for you. You're good. I'm your friend. I care about you. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I, my, I have such a high perspective about you. 
And because of that, I'm not afraid because I know you can handle it. When I tell you you're missing things, you could be so much better and that's okay. You're so great as yeah. you are, but you can strive for more. And I wonder how we keep that balance. But I think that this pendulum swing isn't about making kids not take responsibility and yeah, making kids, so not, it's not about that, right? Mm -hmm. What's your response to that? How do you feel about that? I... Wow, I disagree 100%. And I think that that's the most frustrating thing is, is it feels like oftentimes people think that that's what this work is, where I'm trying to tell kids, oh, you're perfect. You can do no wrong. It's absolutely not that work. It's not that work. Life is going to be hard, right? Like you kids should struggle. Like that is a part of life. That's how you grow. That's how you figure out who you are. I don't want kids to suffer, right? But I do want them to struggle, but I want them to have a safe in relationship with themselves so that they can grow from their struggles, right? And I was just talking to my kids on stream on Twitch the other day when I was playing and I was telling them, I was like, yeah, I did bad things when I was younger. I hurt people. And they were like, not you, you're so nice. And I was like, I choose to do good when I learned how to hold myself accountable. But that was like an act of self-love. I didn't know how to hold myself accountable because I was so afraid of, and I was so mean to myself that I would rather take myself off this planet than to, to have a tough conversation with myself because that conversation was suffering. I hate you. You're awful. You should, you should die. Why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. It wasn't like, you're better than this. We can do better than this, right? And so I was like, yes, I made mistakes when I was younger, just like you're going to make mistakes. And that's why I teach growth mindset in a personal sense because we think about growth mindset a lot with teaching and academics, but like I am a person capable of growing, right? And I should always be growing towards what my better self is. And if I have a safe and strong connection to myself, I get to decide what that is, right? I get to decide what my best self is. But I, I, it's like, I, I think people will look at this kind of work and be like, oh, well, they're soft and, you know, they don't want to like do hard stuff. And it's like, not at all. Like I, I am constantly having to fortify my relationship with myself because I love myself. And just like when we were talking about earlier, why don't you go back to teaching? Every time I say, I know what I want to do, I stand for what I stand for is, is work, is work that I've put into saying, like, I trust myself. I believe in myself, right? I'm going to do these hard things. I think that that is huge. And I've never heard on any podcast or any conversation, someone articulate it the way that you did, which is why I was getting a little bit emotional hearing you talk about it. Cause that's what I'm trying to say is like, I'm not trying to say, let's make life easy for kids. Cause it's not going to be right. It's that, that is life. Life is tough. Life is beautiful. Life is all these wonderful things, but I just want kids to be equipped with the tools to take care of themselves and grow from these things. If you're saying, and that's why, and a lot of people don't like when I say this, so whatever, whatever works for you, go for it. As long as you're not harming yourself or harming other people, I say, go for it. But I don't use fixed affirmations with kids. Like I am perfect. I am amazing. I am wonderful. It's like, if the kid is really struggling and you're like, Ooh, just tell yourself I'm perfect. Right. Like I am the best. Like that's like a warped perception kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, and kids won't connect with that. And then also if you tell kids that from the time they're young, this uh did it freeze the second that they start to not feel that way that's when they're going to disconnect that's what happened to me it was like oh you're the good kid you're always good Donnie's always good we don't need to worry about him and then I was like drugs and alcohol yes please right and then I felt so sh I felt all this shame because I was showing up in ways that didn't match with what I thought I was and so that's why when I work with kids it's like if I give them feedback it's like here's the evidence that you 
through your actions. And that's what's showing me this. So if I'm, instead of me saying, you're such a leader, it's like, here's what you were doing that showed leadership in your actions. So then kids can say, I chose to do those things. Those are like actions I chose to do. Just like right now, I choose as much as possible to move from a place of love. I choose to move from a place of, of acceptance. I struggle with kids. Like you don't see all my conversations. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to scream because I'm like, let me help you. Right. But I have to choose and remember to practice empathy. Like that's the truth of it. I'm not a good person. I'm not a bad person. I'm a person who is con in control of my actions. And I have to choose every day how I want to show up. And right now, and with kids, it's the easiest choice in the world because it's love. It's so easy with them. Even when they're absolutely giving me the hardest time possible, right? It's just easy to choose love for them. And I think that that's what people see in my videos is that they're, but when people say you are, a, people are saying you're a saint and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I, and I want them to hear me when I say no, because everyone is capable of this and not being me, but choosing actions that create safety or love for other people or lifting people up in their lives. These kids are capable of it. We are capable of it. You know what I mean? This is just, this is just a dope. This is just truthfulness, honesty, integrity in the relationship, because even just the way you describe, you don't say you are this, you are that. I mean, what you're saying is look at the, the great thing that you just did. Like it, it's, it's really helping people see themselves in this, you know, it's, it's what, what's the default lens. And I love that, that we switch that default lens to integrity, worth, greatness, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be genuine. Genuine is I can tell you this. I can tell you that that thing that you just did was the most incredible act. I, I cannot believe you just blew me away with what you just did. That was the most incredible action. You, you asked your friend to come here to do that. You arranged this amazing thing and they see the genuineness. And then if they do something, you could say, you know, I'm sure you're upset that you did that to somebody. It's not, yeah. oh, don't yes. worry. You're, it's real. It's real. And the metaphor, I think, for compassion that that really sticks with me, the word for compassion in Hebrew is rachamim. It comes from the root word rechem, which means womb. And so it's a it's imagining what the womb is like. The womb is that safe place, that safe place where there's water, there's nurturing, there's it's nourishment. It's it's the place to grow. It's really the place to grow. And it's going to be balanced and tempered by a real relationship, the ability to just be, know that criticism, know that love is coming from the same place. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I would love to see how that happens in action, how you do that. I would love, do, do you do any things live with students in the moment other than the original classes that you did? Yeah, I'm in a tough space. I, I struggle a little bit with, social media and kids because oh please we are like we have to talk separately about that that, that that's really... gonna open a can of worms about attention yeah. and i think comparison not even just not even just kids on not kids viewing social media but the way that we use kids on social media mm -hmm. that's what i kind of struggle with is especially young kids like when i would show videos of kids i had like a whole process where it's like you see it first what do you think? Show your parents. And then one more time, what do you think? Are you comfortable with it? I have plenty of videos of me having tough conversations with kids, but that's like in, 
and it's it shouldn't be but it could it feels ex exploitative of kids to share these these rough moments with them right where i'm saying you can trust me i'm here for you and then i'm like ooh tiktok is going to love this conflict we had right so i struggle with figuring out ways to create spaces to have conversations with young people that they choose to be a part of right cuz the kids in my class they liked it but then also I knew that that wasn't going to be a long-term thing for me. And then I was coaching kids. Some kids were like, yes, please record and use clips. Some kids were like, if you record me, I will like punch you through the screen. And I'm like, I got it. Like, and then after a while, it just kind of stops doing that too. Cause it was like, it just feels like this is a place of trust. And so I'm trying to figure out how to do that, but I have tough conversations with kids all the time. It's the discipline. I mean, it's the, you know, discipline versus punishment. It's accountability as an act of care, right? These are all things that I do. I know there are some kids who are like, because I joke around all the time with my students, but when I was at that last school, like my classroom was one of the safest classrooms. These kids were like stealing fire extinguishers and like throwing desks on, and I, they come back to my class and they're like, sorry, Mr. Donovan, yep, that was a mistake in that other class. And it was wild because there was so much accountability there because you respect I cared them. about them. But you respect huh? them too. You, oh, you yeah, deeply respect yeah. them. You treat them with so much dignity they're not like stupid they're not just yeah. moody and we often create shortcuts to look at them a certain way to make life easier for us which is outrageous yes it's I, outrageous I, they are humans i and i stand by this it's it sounds silly to say especially with someone like you who knows because you clearly get it but it's like people are like oh my god how do you talk to kids and i'm like like people like i don't know what I, you want me to say like Safety is important. Communication is important. I am intentional about it, but I aim to influence and never manipulate kids. And one of the best things that I, I think I've realized about middle schoolers is all they want is people to give them respect and show them dignity. And if they can do that, if you can do that with them, they'll give that back. But there's such a disconnect between I'm the teacher, you're the student. I know what's best, you don't. There's so much I don't know about that these kids could could drown me in knowledge. You know what I mean? It's like I had like a ritual when kids would teach me something where I would like celebrate and be like, "Look, they just taught me just to be like, you are worthy of respect. You are worthy of friendship. You are worthy of support. And these are the kids who stay and they come back because they're like, that's not just my teacher. Like that's like like a person in my life who cares about me. And that's another reason why I left the classroom is because that behavior in some places gets punished and that behavior in some places, like I will go to these places and they're like, we know the kids love you, but like, we're the real teachers. And I'm like, okay, all right. Wow. So when we had to pull out how many think time sleep, we had this day where it was like think time sheets and each teacher brought theirs to the table and they're like, Donovan, where's yours? And I was like, right here. And it was one. And the rest were like, like you know 12 plus and they're like well you don't discipline the kids and I was like I don't have discipline issues in my class like I don't like we have tough moments I have call-in moments with kids but we're not having this other stuff happening because they know what this space is like it's a safe space for them right but they also get to have fun and laugh and they have more freedom and choice and autonomy and I just was not going to fight in a system that didn't understand that you know wow 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 thank you just so much for sharing all of this with us it's a lot to take in. I think that this conversation, uh, one thing that I take out of this the most out of everything, which is for everybody to hear, parents, teachers, students, whoever's listening is, is developing a healthy relationship with yourself, an honest relationship with yourself, a closer relationship with yourself. That's often in compassion focused therapy modalities. We try to help people 
talk to as, a, as an exercise to first break into this to develop that voice within yourself is to what would you say to someone else in the exact mm -hmm. same position? And they often find that voice when they think about another person. And then they slowly try to merge that into their own personality. Um, but Can it's I just tremendous. Really sure, please. Because that I want to tell you, that's what worked for me. When I I failed out of grad, I had this whole awful like six month period. I lost like the love of my life at the time. I had to get my dog up. I lost my house. I slept in my car. I failed out of grad school. Like it was time. And I was like, you know what? I've had a good life. Time to get out of here. And I started feeling that way. And then I knew it was time to get help. And I talked to a therapist and she said, well, she started talking to me about self-talk when I was like 26. And I was like, yo, what? And she was like, what would you say to one of your kids? She's like, if one of your kids came here and said, I failed all these things, I'm so mad at myself, blah, blah, blah. What would you say to them? And I sobbed because there's no way that I would ever talk to any of my kids the way that I talk to myself. And so that became the shifter for me. It was like, not even my friends, not even my family, not even a partner. But if one of my kids who I love, one of my kids who are up here on my wall came to me and said, I don't like myself or I, I'm an idiot or I'm a failure. How would I talk to them? And you best believe I'd give them compassion. And it shifted everything for me. It shifted everything for me. I still struggle, right? But I don't suffer anymore because I know I could be safe with myself. That might be the best tool. That might be the tool, the tool of the tool of the talk. Thank you just so much for sharing that for all of what you're doing. I'm so excited to see some of the initiatives that come up when you are free to <laughs> free to do the work that you want to do in the most uniquely tailored way. It should be a success. Hopefully that it's so nice that you have the opportunity in today's day and age to be able to do that. So what a blessing, yeah. what a blessing. And thank you so much for speaking to us. Yeah, thanks. This is one of my favorite talks I've had in a long time. So I really appreciate it. I'm going to send you a lot of compliments. So I'm really Yay. grateful for your work. Thank you Thank for getting you. it. Yay. And of course, a disclaimer. This podcast and all of our mental health learning and educational content is not therapy and is not a replacement for therapy. Please seek professional help if needed. Go to www.resolve2vs.ca to get the support you need. And that's all for now. We hope this was helpful in some small way. If you like our content, please subscribe and give us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Make sure to keep updated with all of our content on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And of course, come check us out at www.resolve.com that's resolved with two vs.ca to learn more about how our services can support your needs. Till next time, take care. Theme song for this podcast is done by the band Mokuse no Maguro in their song Midnight Empty Street.